Hey, this is Connie with Join Forces Yoga, and I just wanted to take a couple of minutes here and introduce you one, the first podcast that uh, we are starting to do. So you will start to hear LaToya and myself uh, put out podcasts for uh, different types of yoga um, sequences or meditations, uh, different things that uh, we'll just be talking about that uh, we hope will be relevant to what uh, you guys need and will kind of help you move along your yoga journey and also give you another opportunity to practice yoga other than just on Thursday mornings or, uh, well, still mornings even for the Air National Guard, or, you know, just if you're no longer in the military, you're able to access Uh, a JFY class. So with this being the first podcast, uh, I kind of wanted to give you a little bit of background about uh, Join Forces Yoga and kind of why and how it came about. Um, In my 200-hour teacher training, which I did at Epic Yoga here in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, with Leanne Wolke, who is an amazing uh, yoga teacher and mentor, I was given the task um, at the end of the 200-hour training, we were to do a service project, also known as a SEVA project. So since my husband is in the military, and at the time while I was doing the teacher training, uh, he was deployed. And of course, you know, while I'm learning about yoga and learning about essential oils and, you know, chakras and all this other uh, stuff, I was like, oh, my husband needs, you know, lavender because lavender will help him sleep. So I would send him these care packages just like chuck full of lavender and like <laughs> towels, you know, uh, the eye, the thing that goes over your eyes to help you sleep. And of course he's like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm not, I apolo- no, I'm not going to apologize for cursing, but he's like, what the hell are you doing here? You know, what is, what is this shit? And I'm like, oh, it's going to help you. It's to relax you, you know, and you need a yoga nidra. And he's like, Oh, okay. I'll I'll do that. Uh, a yoga, and kind of uh, give you a little bit of history. A yoga nidra, which is something we will put up on this podcast as well, is a thirty-minute uh, meditation. So it's a guided meditation, but that thirty minutes is the equivalent of three hours of sleep. It's amazing. So we'll we'll get into that later. So back to kind of why uh, JFY and why I started it. So knowing that my husband needed yoga. He, of course, didn't know it yet, but um, I, being the great wife that I am, was like, oh, you need yoga, therefore you will do yoga. So I started to look into uh, nonprofits to see if I could align myself with one of these organizations to do my SEVA project as well as get something that I knew would help I don't want to say the word help, um, assist with Greg's um, workouts, with stress from his job as well as uh, his life probably dealing with me. And so as I was doing this research, I noticed that what they were offering did not align with what um, I was looking for. I was looking for something that would be specific to an athlete um, because I really do consider our active military 
to be on the line, on, on the same plane uh, and playing field of athletes. So I was trying to find something that would be comparable and that they, and it, and it be something that you could do anywhere. So since I couldn't find uh, any uh, organization to link up with, I got the crazy idea of starting my own um, because it's one of those where you go, why not? You know, um, I can do this and it will, it'll happen. So <coughs> so I um, got a phone number from one of the students that would take my, my class once I started because I was practice teaching. She gave me a phone number. She says, hey, I need you to call. I want you to call this guy. I've already prepped him. Um, this is up at uh, Fort Campbell with Second Brigade. She says, I've already let him know he's expecting you to call him. So I'm like, okay, why not? So I call, uh, it would have been a staff sergeant, and from there was then brought in to do kind of like a little interview, um, met Colonel Snyder. Colonel Snyder gave us the thumbs up and the go ahead, and he had me teach uh, as a trial. I got five weeks. Um, and so we came in, or well, I came in at the time because I was doing this by myself, and I taught five classes to uh, 2nd Brigade, and the very first class, which was uh, in a racquetball room, so of course it was hot, which I love, um, because it just adds another level of, uh, of challenges for uh, those that are participating. So anyway, so we're in a racquetball, uh, racquetball room, uh, court, that's a better word, and I had actually sent Greg a text message before I ever taught this class. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to go up there. I'm going to teach this class. What do I need to do? And he's like, you go in there and he's like, and you smoke their asses. He's like, it has got to be the hardest class you've ever taught. And I'm thinking, well, that's not very yoga of me. I should, you know, lavender towels. And I thought, no, all right, I'm going to take, I'm actually going to listen for a change and I'm going to take his advice. And so I go in and I literally teach one of the hardest classes I've ever, ever taught. And it was amazing. It landed. And here we're going to jump ahead five years later. We're now teaching at the Sabo or the Freedom Fighter gym on Thursday mornings, 6.30, for roughly 75 minutes, for anybody that shows up, whether it's two soldiers or it's 100 soldiers, we don't care. You get the same attention uh, from both uh, LaToya and myself, and you get a true JFY class. And that JFY class comes down to uh, endurance, uh, vitality, uh, building your core, and that's something that we feel is very, very important and very, very different than other classes that are out there that you could be taking. It's something that we have worked really hard to fine-tune so that we can bring this to you so that it then helps with your job, with your physical fitness, with your mind-body connection, and, and just overall wellness. Uh, so we're hoping that, uh, of course, that we stick around and that as we start to bring these podcasts out, um, that we are then able to access, uh, well, bring the information to you. So if you're deployed or if you've moved 
or you're no longer in the, the military, that you have access to a JFY class, something that you've taken before and that you're used to and you know that um, it fits with what you do physically on your own, uh, whether you're running, you're weight training, uh, whatever, whatever type of physical fitness that uh, is demanded of you above and beyond the stress of your job, that uh, our style of yoga really does meet you on the mat and it, it meets you where you're at. And that is something that, uh, that we've worked very hard to maintain and continue um, as uh, Joint Forces Yoga continues to grow and, uh, and we continue to teach the classes every Thursday. So as we keep moving along, um, please reach out to us. Let us know uh, if there's something that maybe you would like a podcast on. Uh, shoot us an email. Check out our website. Website is joinforcesyoga.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. Uh, you can email us, joinforcesyoga at gmail.com. Uh, please reach out to us. We would love to connect, and I will see you guys on Thursday. Thanks. So, hey, everyone. It's LaToya, the other half, or part of the team of Joint Forces Yoga, teaching team, that is. And so, as my first podcast, I wanted to talk about YJFY. Why am I involved with the organization? Kind of the whys. And I guess to really understand the whys, you have to understand my journey, so to speak. So around, I want to say, four to five years ago, um, I was on my own yoga journey, um, learning um, to be a yoga teacher, involved in a teaching program. And I really didn't know what direction I wanted to go, to be absolutely honest. Um, The thought of teaching in a studio had absolutely freaked me out. And... I know I wanted to teach, but I was torn. There was a lot of things happening yoga-wise. And one day, I decided to go on a Saturday to an arm balance class. And at the arm balance class, it was Connie Simmons, the lovely Connie Simmons, leading it. I had never met her until that day, but I felt like drawn to her. So the class was fun. I enjoyed it a lot. And then she spoke about Joint Forces Yoga. And as a veteran, I thought... Well, this sounds cool. I've never heard of it before. Um, so I remember we were going outside of the yoga studio. We exchanged information, and she mentioned that on Thursdays she has um, this yoga class that she teaches on Fort Campbell. And I went home, and I kind of re- reworked my schedule, talked to my boss, and said, hey, um, I'll work later on Thursday if you know I want to go do something Thursday morning. And he was absolutely fine with it. So I can imagine like the very first experience with Joint Forces Yoga and seeing a a gym full of soldiers. And I was a little bit scarred, just a little bit, because I didn't know what to expect. I just knew that I was still in the teacher phase of learning to be a teacher. And she just kind of threw you out there um, assisting, um, doing all the things that make me feel so very much uncomfortable. And during that process, um, I felt like Connie was, has always been my mentor. And besides that, there was a connection that I think I was missing in my own yoga training. The idea of 
like I know for me personally, the idea of teaching in the studio absolutely kind of like astounds me and freaks me out. But that didn't really freak me out. I'm not going to say I wasn't scared, but I wasn't, I felt that I was connected to something a little bit higher. And it started with me going, being an assistant, assisting on assists, her showing me various assists, and me learning some of the things that I felt like I needed to learn to be an effective yoga teacher. Then all of a sudden, sister girl throws me out, not to the wolves. She basically has the idea of if you're going to do it, do it. Here's the JIP sequence. And... I did the JIP sequence and I kept looking at the paper and I kept teaching and the, and what was so just what resonated with me was that she's honest. She gives you honest feedback and I took it relatively well. And from that point on, I knew that even though it scared me to holy death for a gym full of guys of them looking at me for me to teach them, it scared the hell out of me. 100%. But there was a uh, rush that I got from it that I couldn't get from anywhere else. And from that day on, Connie has been my mentor. And I have taught or assisted every Thursday, I want to say since December 2015. Uh, I'm sure Connie will correct me if I'm wrong. And I think YJFY is... It's much more than the idea of giving something back. It is the idea of there's a, a there's something that you feel when you're reaching out to another person, and a soldier. Like you're giving them something, but they're also giving you something. It's nothing ego-based. It is something that I um, really think I gain more from them than I think they could ever gain from me. And every Thursday, every Thursday, I am tired when I go to work, but it's the, my most favorite day of the week. And I want to say also, that's a part of YJFY. And I think the other part of YJFY is that Connie has a way of really reaching out to soldiers, really reaching out and just being effective, but doing it in a way to where it totally relates to them. It totally relates to what they're doing. And it just, the difference that she has made in my life is the difference I think that she makes in their lives. And I think from learning from her and now being part of a, the team, I feel like there are days that I'm doing the same. And now maybe a hundred people in the gym don't phase me at all. Because these are people that I've seen for four years. These are people that come to us consistently every Thursday. They bring their squad. They bring, bring their platoon. And they're looking for not just the workout, but almost like a connection. And through our classes, I think that we gain so much. So, YJFY. YJFY is so many things to me. And I think, I hope that I've explained it so well. Or maybe not that well. Sometimes I talk a lot. And sometimes I don't have a lot to say. But 
I mean, I could record this for on and on, but, and I will say that um, other people have various reasons for being a part of Joint Forces Yoga. And always my reason is that beyond what I talked about um, as a veteran, I wished I had had the opportunity to have that when I was in the military. I think it would have not only impacted my chaturangas and made them ever so much better, my push-ups, but it would have instilled in me some things that I think I was missing when I was serving. And these are the things that I hope or pray that they also gain the soldiers that is. When we come out every Thursday, a spirit of learning a great chaturanga, um, breathing, and that you are more than your circumstances and your body can do so much so much more than what you think and you just have to give it the opportunity to do so so here's to my first podcast and that was my version of yjfy and i'm signing off so have a great day bye hi everyone this is latoya from joint forces yoga the other half of the joint forces yoga teaching team which connie being the best half and me being the cool half um as we venture off into podcast land, our intention is always to put on podcasts that will benefit the population that we serve, which is our military population. And one of the subjects that is really like kind of near and dear to my heart for various reasons, as we will try to tackle, is ego and edge. I know you're asking, what does she mean by that? So let me start with edge. Often when we teach or assist, we're asking our students to find their edge, to reach outside of themselves, to go a little deeper, to find and dig down deep. Because ultimately yoga is reflective of life and life instances. And what I love to do on Thursday sometimes is to compare the two, a yoga pose to a specific event in life. Um, I always will say, if you can hold this pose, usually it's a chaturanga, high plank. If you can hold this for five or even 10 breaths, what in life can you also do and hold it and sit with it? Could it be something that you've been trying to tackle? Could it be something that you've been reaching to try to attain? And I compare poses to it because I feel like if your body can hold this and do this and you can sit in it, you can breathe into it, just think what else you can do. Just think what else you can achieve in your life. I do a little philosophical kind of mumblings, so to speak, to to try to connect with people. So... When I speak of edge, I speak of holding something, holding a pose, really digging down deep within yourself, really, really finding your edge because ultimately we are the only people that know our edge. I, as a facilitator, Connie, as a facilitator of yoga practice, we don't know an individual's edge. Only they can really reach it. Only they know their limitations. So edge to me means that. And when we're in doing yoga, this is something that we often say 
a lot. On the other hand, you have the other E word, not excellent, but ego. And ego is something we all have. Ego is ever present and in everyday kind of living as we're all trying to attain or, you know, my favorite thing is that I'll see this awesome tastic um, yoga pose on Instagram and I'm like, I can do that too. And then I try to do it <laughs> and then I hurt myself. And then I said, oh no, that was an edge. That was my ego. So ego really means that in my opinion now, I mean, you can write back later to me and say, Latoya, I wholly disagree. And I'm cool with that. But ego to me means that you're not necessarily finding your edge. You're reaching outside a point where you could probably injure yourself to try to attain something that someone else is doing but maybe you're not able to do it at the moment. Not to say that you won't ever be able to do it, but to say that that it's a work in progress. So that to me is ego. And I've seen and experienced what ego can really, really do to you. Um, A funny story. A very, very funny story for which I tried many, many times to go into a specific headstand. Um, not really headstand. I want to say more or less, I think it was Pincha. And initially early on, I did not do any of the work to build up to it. I just saw it and I said, Hey girl, I'm gonna do this today. And I remember working many, many endless minutes. I think I tried it for an hour, maybe two, to try to do it. And eventually, sure, I got into it. But the next day, I hurt my shoulder more than what it was. Already was hurting. I have a underlying injury that's sat here since the military. And it was my ego. It was, it was not me doing the work. It was me trying to attain something I saw and I thought maybe... Um, I can do that. Why can't I do it? If she can do it, I can do it. But little do we know sometimes what the person that you see that is doing these magical poses, the work behind the scenes. And sometimes ego eliminates the work behind the scenes. And sometimes ego just wants us to like do what we see without really doing all the preparation. And we don't want our students to hurt themselves, which is why when we teach, we remind them that there's a difference between edge and ego. And just because you see your friend next to you going into a headstand, sure, try it, but try it with assist. Know what your body can do. And maybe for you, you have to build your core up to go into that headstand. It's not just throwing your legs up. My favorite thing that Connie says is that, don't just hurl your legs over. You have to do the work. You have to build the core. You have to be patient and take time with your body. And so sometimes we all forget that. I mean, we're human. I mean, ego is part of the mind. And I'm sure that a lot of the yoga tenets state that that's something that we have to wrangle. 
but I'm human and I will always have ego when it comes to certain things. And so it comes to checking yourself. So to our population that listens to us, we want you, I guess I can't speak for Connie. I speak for Latoya, but I think Connie would agree that we want you to work on your edge, dig down into the pose. But when you have pain, stop. And just because you see your buddy doing something, sure, try. But know that your limitations are not based on maybe lack of trying. It is building the body, preparing it for being able to do the headstand, to do the shoulder stand, to to maybe do some of the poses that the twists that they have and know that some of that also has nothing to do with ego or edge is it's your body saying, Hey girl, we have a little scar tissue here. Maybe, maybe not, maybe, maybe not that you can do that particular pose. I know that's the wrong verbiage, but, or maybe it's just sit with yourself, build your body up and then allow your body to fall not into the pose but maybe take its own shape maybe it'll look completely different than your friends and maybe that's okay so I really wanted to kind of touch on that today because I have experienced so much injury utilizing my own ego because I thought that maybe I was Wonder Woman of course I know I'm Wonder Woman to a certain extent but my body says that hey girl you need to slow down and so I want you always to remember whoever's listening to this that always reach for your edge always reach for what you know that you're capable of doing if there's pain back up allow the body kind of to settle if there's something that you want to attain like Connie's working on her handstands right now it's a work in progress. It is leading with intention and not with emotion. And maybe work on that. So that was my podcast of today. So I want to remind you, if you have any comments um, or if you're interested in Join Forces Yoga, check us out on www.joinforcesyoga.com. We also can be reached by email. And I do believe that is joinforcesyoga at gmail.com. Um, and also, if you have any comments or any suggestions for me and Connie, please feel free. Please reach out to us. We're beginning venturing. And so I would love to have any kind of subjects that you think that we should touch on. And as always, take it easy. Be breezy and enjoy your Saturday over and out from Join Forces Yoga. Have a good day. Bye. Happy Sunday, everyone. This is Latoya from Join Forces Yoga. I know you missed us. So here I am on this beautiful Sunday where the rain has subsided for another wonderfully articulated, I hope, helpful podcast for our for our soldiers that we serve. Um, so this podcast is near and dear to my heart. For many reasons. So the title is My Neck, My Back, Why Do My Shoulders Feel Like That? 
I like rap songs. And I thought I would add shoulders in a little pun. Um, the population we deal with often has issues with shoulders. And as I used to be that population, I absolutely understand why. So soldiers are usually doing their jobs. So doing their jobs are sometimes, you know, doing ruck marches. And if you ever had a ruck on your back, 50 to 65 pounds to 75 pounds, and it's loaded to the brim, it's pulling on your shoulders, it's putting pressure on your back. And inevitably, when you're walking or trying to do like the normal 12 mile kind of ruck, you're slightly hunched over, back is rounded, shoulders are pulling forward, and you're just trying to maintain so you can finish. Um, I've been there, done that, which is why I don't do it anymore. Also, jobs. And, and now in this day where we have like technology where people are constantly on their phones, on their computers. Um, and I guess not even that to where if you're serving in an office situation or you're a mechanic and you're huddled over a vehicle, your your back is rounded, you look like a like a dinosaur because you're just hunched over trying to, you know, do whatever you need to do to a vehicle or you're trying to text a friend, the normal day to day. And over time, like a posture gets kind of pretty shitty, right? I know once upon a time and I still kind of navigate it. My posture is not the best at times. So we usually focus on a lot of things when we teach and we always ask, as I know you've heard in various of the podcasts that we've done, that we always ask what they need. We build our classes around that a lot. We don't, you know, we don't ever teach from paper. We teach based on need and sometimes wants, but most of the time it's need is what I see and what they ask for. So there's three things they always say, maybe four. Shoulders, back, hips for sure, but we're not doing hips today, and feet. So I thought, why not? Let's do like a cool little, I won't call it a flow. It might be a little flowy, may or may not be, but this is really, really, really focusing on your shoulders and the neck and the back. Which is why I did my neck, my back. Why do my shoulders feel like that? So things that you might need. So a towel for sure. Or a, a little blanket. Um, because ideally you're going to roll the towel up. Roll it up and put it underneath our back. Because that's where we want to start out at. Um, elastic bands if you have it. If you don't, you can use two belts joined together. Or 550 cord. If you're a soldier, more than likely you have a whole roll of 550 cord. If you're in the field, I know you have 550 cord. Something to where we're going to do a good amount of shoulders, shoulder opening. It will be mostly yoga, but due to my own shoulder issues, I've kind of had to like take some exercises and make it kind of shoulder friendly. So, which is why I know a lot about shoulders my own self. So first things first, you don't really need a mat. I mean, if you have a mat, cool. But if you're in a field or you're in a barracks room or you're just in the living room or whatever, having a mat is not super essential. But if you do have it, sure, 
lay that out, get your towel, join your belt together, or if you're using five speed cord or elastic bands, kind of pick your poison. And when you're ready, let's go. So first things first, I ask you to um, get a towel, roll it up, like roll it, roll it all the way very tightly, and you're gonna do it lengthwise the towel, the length of the towel. You're rolling that up. It's the long side. Roll that up and put that in the middle of your mat or just um, in the middle of your back. And what you're going to do is you're going to lay back. So you're going to lay back to where either um, the towel is at the base of your spine, which is just below your sacrum when you're behind. And you can lay back to where you have choices of having your head on the towel and wrapping the top part, like doing a little cushion kind of thing. Or you can use a pillow, no big thing. Or just laying back. So, wherever you are, using a towel or blanket, roll it up to where it feels comfortable enough to where you feel a chest opening. So, the way that I always start is this beautiful kind of laid back chest opening exercise to where you're opening and you're kind of fixing the hunch over that we usually do. So wherever you're at, just lay down, just take deep breaths, just kind of allow for your back to let go, allow your chest to shine, and I usually hate that terminology, shining chest, but allow your chest to open, and just breathe, and we'll just hold this for two minutes. So all you're doing is breathing. And over time, you will feel maybe some of that tension release. And just hold it for two minutes. And I'll let you know when those two minutes are up. So as you're holding it and breathing, you can kind of feel like maybe the back kind of chillax a little bit, a little open up. And although we're doing shoulders, this is so very important because of the fact of, you know, we are a people that currently like hunch over, hunch over to drive, hunch over to use cell phones, computers, to pick our kids up. We have one more minute. Continually breathing, focusing on the breath. You can do in and out through your mouth, in and out through your nose, or alternate. Wherever you're at, just breathing. The inhales and exhales allow for the release. And just continue. We have 20 more seconds. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, and one. Inhale through the nose and then slowly roll onto your right side of your body, bending your knees, using one arm as a pillow and one arm as a blanket just kind of sitting there 
and it's okay to not feel anything um just kind of see and feel where your body sits right now so breathing for five four 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 three four two for one and slowly come to seated just a seated pose come up slowly allow the body to just kind of gain grounding stay here and so right here is where we're going to either grab your 550 cord your two belts and or elastic bands if you have them so what you're going to do is grab them and you're going to put your hands wider than your shoulders it's almost like you're making a y so you're making a while with your, with your arms. And so you're holding the band right in front of you or whatever you're holding, holding it right in front of you, right? So you're gonna lift it up to where it's just above your head. Your arms are straight. And you can see if you're in a mirror that you look just like a Y. And then bring it back down, parallel, hovering off the ground and then lifting. Bring it back down again and hold it. So holding it here. So lift up on the inhale. And you want to turn your whole body to the right on the exhale. Holding it at. Pulling belly into spine. Feeling the twist. Holding it here for five. Four, four. Four, three. Four, two. And one. Slowly coming back to center. Inhale. And on the exhale, twisting to the left. Holding it here for five, four, 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 three, four, two, four, one. Come back to center. Slowly lower the arms and the bands down to the ground. And just take some breaths. So just breathing and as we're focusing, feeling what that feels like right now so grabbing the bands again lifting it to the where the arms are parallel from the ground it looks like it looks like a Y that's the best way for me to explain it so this time on the inhale lift up over your head now this is where you might have to adjust your grip to make your hands slightly wider as we take the arms slightly behind our back so it's a bent you're bending your arms in the band back you should feel the stretch in your shoulder blades for sure um, just a light bend just lightly back holding that there for a count of ten nine eight seven six five four three two and on the one inhale lift the arms ray back overhead to that wide looks overhead and this time bring it all the way back to the ground so maintaining the hold of the band or wherever you're holding keeping the arms straight so what we're going to do is we're going to rainbow our arms back that same motion we're going to do it at least five times so on the inhale inhale lifting the arms all the way up meeting at the wide overhead and taking it behind your back and on the exhale bring it back to the ground on the inhale, lifting up, 
taking it behind your back, adjusting your hands as you need to go or as you need to do. And bringing it back down. Three more. Inhale, lifting up. Taking the arms behind you, keeping it straight, feeling that stretch in those shoulder blades. And coming back, bringing it down. And on the inhale, lift. Taking it back, holding it back. And breathing for a count of five, four, 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 three, four, two, four, one. Slowly bring arms and hands in bands back to the ground, releasing that. Feeling how your shoulders feel right now. Should feel in between your shoulder blades, should feel very kind of, I don't know, feels different. It's a different kind of stretch. So just collecting your breath and the next exercise we'll do is more yoga aligned as a cat and cow. So I want you to still be seated, still stay in your seated pose, also known as Sukhasana, placing your hands down on your knees. And on the inhale, you're opening your chest, dropping your head back, which is the cow. And on the exhale, you're pulling it all the way in, dropping the head down which is the cat. So I want you to do this on your own. Slow and easy and breezy. Do at least five. As I do it along with you. So the slowness is for you to feel the stretch in your back. Right? And the drop in your shoulders. So breathing, continue on. And the end of your five, I want you to end in cat. So stay in cat, pulling the belly towards the spine, taking the shoulders away from the ears, maintaining that round in the back, holding it here for five, four, 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 three, four, two. And then the one slowly come back up to a position of neutral spine. Inhale, and on the exhale, drop the head down toward the right shoulder. So right ear to right shoulder, almost dropping the right shoulder down, feeling the stretch in the neck, holding it here. So shoulders are more than just your shoulders, right? It's all the things that surround your shoulders. And usually with shoulder tension, it moves into your neck. So holding that stretch, feeling the stretch Along the left side of the neck. Holding it here for five. Four, four. Four, three. Four, two. And on the one, slowly come back up to neutral. Lifting up on the inhale. And taking left ear to left shoulder on the exhale. So you'll notice that one side feels tighter than the other. And that's okay. Holding it here for five, four, 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 three, four, two, and for one, slowly come back up to neutral. This time I want you to lift up on the inhale, tuck your chin to your chest on the exhale, pulling belly into spine. So you're feeling the stretch in the back of the neck, goes down to the trapezoids, your traps, 
and taking the shoulders away from the ears, feeling a stretch. Hold this for five, inhaling for four, for three, for two, and for one, coming back to neutral on the inhale and just dropping the head back on the exhale. Allowing gravity to do its job. Holding it here for five, for four, for three, two, and on the one, slowly come back to neutral. Sit with this for a count of four, three, two, and on the one, slowly come to all fours. So shoulders will be stacked above ribs and hips above knees toes released to the ground so we're going to do that cat and cow but this time we do it differently since we're on our knees so on the inhale dropping the chest lifting the head up and this time i want you to take your shoulders back slightly really really intensify the stretch slightly and on the breath pulling all the way in rounding the back pulling belly and dropping the head going into your cat inhale lifting Dropping the chest to the ground, lifting your head up, feeling the breath, really articulating the shoulders back. And on the exhale, all your breath, pulling all that in to your cat. Inhaling and exhaling. Coming back up to your cow, dropping the chest, lifting up with your head, articulating the shoulders back. And on the breath, pulling it in going into your cat give me one more inhale dropping the belly looking up really articulating your shoulders really really articulating your shoulders back inhale exhale come back to neutral so now I want you to keep your hands pushed into the ground so this will probably be our only down dog that we'll do today um, I really want you to feel your shoulders. So pushing your hands to the ground, tucking your toes, and lifting up into an upside-down V where heels are energetically being pushed to the ground. And now the focus has always been in the heels, so let's focus in on our hands and arms. So pushing the ground away, really dropping the head, really, really feeling that push. So the ground is a metaphor of pushing it away like we're pushing things in life that really don't serve us away right you see i add a little philosophy in there <laughs> so keep breathing inhaling and exhaling hold this for a count of four four three four two and then the one slowly come out to a high plank so a high plank should be easy breezy from down dog if you have to adjust not a big deal adjust so you're still pushing the ground away and you're really pushing that muscle in the middle of the back up feeling the push in the shoulders this is the time that you're intentional with your movement so we're going slow so from here inhale and on the exhale take it back up into down dog really focusing more on the shoulders than the feet inhale and exhale come out to your high plank keeping that back engaged keeping those hands pressing the ground inhale 
Exhale, down dog. Inhale and exhale, high plank. Inhale and exhale, bring your knees down to the ground. Slowly bring the knees the width of the mats. If you have a mat or just bring them as wide as is comfortable, bringing your toes, big toes to you, so it's almost like a V. And then slowly sinking back into a child's pose where the behind makes every attempted effort to sit back and relax while your forehead is dropped to the ground, arms reaching forward. Inhale. And exhale. So just sitting, allowing the breath to take hold, holding it here for five, four, 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 three, four, two. And on the one, slowly tense your left fingers, taking the right arm and threading it underneath the left arm, aka threading the needle. Your right ear might sit on your right arm. Or touch the floor. It's no big deal. Just rest it. And so the idea is what we're doing is we're stretching that right shoulder. So we're going to stay here for a good minute. Let's do two. Because it is yin-like. So breathing into that right shoulder. Now at any point that you feel pain, slowly, slowly, slowly come out and go back into child's pose. Listen to your body. I will... Tell you and move you, facilitate, but I don't know your body the way that you know your body. And continue to breathe. Inhaling and exhaling. So usually during yin, I don't talk very much, and I, but I don't like that silence. So keep on breathing through the nose. So really, really, really feeling what that right shoulder feels like. And for those of us that have shoulder issues, um, I do this exercise quite a, quite a bit because it really, honestly, honestly helps. But if this is not helpful to you and you're feeling pain, please come out. We have one more minute. Continue breathing. We're almost done with this side. Inhaling through your nose or your mouth. Closing your eyes. Holding it here for 10, for 9, for 8, for 7, for 6, for 5, for 4, for 3, for 2, and for 1. Slowly. Pull that right arm from underneath the left and just sitting back into a child's pose, bringing the elbows to the ground and just resting it. So really feeling what that shoulder feels like. If it doesn't feel different, then that's okay too. Inhale and exhale. 
So straighten that right arm, tending the right fingers. This time we take the left arm and we thread it underneath that right arm. So you're threading it underneath to where that left palm is facing up. And you're stretching that left shoulder this time. Left ear to the ground or to your arm, whichever you can reach. And we're going to hold this for two minutes. And continue to breathe. Feeling the stretch. As we're holding this and your eyes are closed, imagine the breath going to that shoulder. Imagine how it feels. Does it feel differently or does it not feel differently? Do you feel differently? Just breathe. Just focus on the intention of the pose. You're doing beautifully, I bet. We have one more minute, people. And if you've been to our classes before, you know these are one of our favorite stretches is threading the needle. Releasing that shoulder tension. And this feels lovely too. Thirty seconds. So continually breathing, eyes are closed, focusing merely on the pose and the stretch, not on any outside things that might be happening at the moment. Four, five, four, 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 three, four, two, and on the one, slowly unravel, taking the arm from underneath. And this time I want you to, instead of going to child's pose, just lower your belly, your whole body, all the way down to the ground, right ear to the ground, arms behind you, and just breathe. Four, five, four, 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 three, four, two, and four, one. And this next one will be our very last shoulder exercise of the day. So let's start right ear, right arm. So you're taking your right arm parallel out to the ground, right ear to the ground, palm on the ground. So you, it's almost as if you're hugging the ground with your right arm. So you're never going to lift your head. You're holding it here. Then what you're going to do is take the left leg and lift it over your right leg. It's almost like you're twisting on that right shoulder. I know it sounds weird, but if you've been to your class and you know what to do. So left leg over right leg. Right arm is engaged to the ground. Right ear is engaged to the ground. Feeling the twist in the right shoulder. I'm just going to hold this for a minute. So as you're breathing, some people, it's hard to take that left leg over the right leg, and it could be your hips. So I just scissor the legs, 
left leg on top of right, just taking the left leg slightly more behind the right, because all you're doing is trying to stretch the right shoulder. And this minute is going by awful quick. Holding it here for 10, for 9, for 8, for 7, for 6, for 5, for 4, for 3, 2, and the 1. Slowly come back to center. Take your right arm behind you. Take your left ear to the ground. So it's a reverse Shavasana, holding it here. Keeping the left ear, just holding it here. Breathing, kind of feeling what that right shoulder feels like right now. And that's like my worst shoulder. So you know what I'm talking about if you have a worst shoulder. Holding it here for five, for four, for three, for two. And on the one, keeping your left ear to the ground, taking your left arm parallel out onto the side of you, palm, left palm facing to the ground, right? Shoulder fully engaged. So this time that leg, left leg is straight like the right leg was and lifting the right leg over the left. So you're twisting on that shoulder. So we're going to hold it here for a minute. And just breathe. So you'll notice that one shoulder feels different than the other. And any time that this causes you pain, come out. Go back to reverse Shavasana. It's not a big deal. Listen to your body. Continue breathing. Holding it here for 10, for 9, for 8, for 7, for 6, for 5, for 4, 3, 2, and 1. Slowly release. Slowly bring that left arm behind you to bring the right ear to the ground. Stay in the reverse Shavasana and really, really feeling it. What does that shoulder feel like now? Does it feel differently? And it's okay if it doesn't. So slowly on the inhale, just come up to seated on your own. Very slowly, it'll be very difficult. So come up to your seated pose. So when we get to seated pose, our very, I did lie, this is your last one, but it's easy. So taking your shoulders up to your ears and we're taking them back. Shoulders up to the ears, taking them back. It's almost like you're rainbowing your shoulders back. Give me two more. And you're done. So that was a little kind of maybe something for your shoulders that I have used quite frequently in my yoga practice. And I thought they would be great to use for the people that we serve the most, which is our shoulders, our soldiers, not our shoulders, 
but they have shoulders too. And this is an issue of bad shoulders that we all have at one time or the other, or that we constantly still have. So if you have any questions or comments about this podcast, please contact us at um, joinforcesyoga.com. And our email is, let me pull that up because I'm not destined to remember it. So forgive me. It is joinforcesyoga at gmail.com. And if you have any helpful hints or things that you want to hear, please reach out to us. And if you would like to send us like a voice message, please email us at joinforcesyoga at gmail.com and we'll send you instructions on how to do so. And as always, I hope you all have a great day. Enjoy the enjoy your day. Enjoy your time off. And until next time, have a good one. Bye. Hi everyone, this is Latoya from Joint Forces Yoga. Um, and before I start the podcast, I want to remind everyone: um, don't forget to ch- check out Joint Forces Yoga on Instagram and Facebook. And if you have any kind of questions or anything that that you would like to see on a podcast, please feel free to. Email us at joinforcesyoga at gmail.com. Um, and I guess that's it. So, today, today, today is a beautifully hot Sunday. Um, beautifully hot. And I really thought it would be a great day since it's Sunday to talk about mm, mindfulness. The word mindfulness. What does it mean and how? Maybe we kind of weave it in as we teach our yoga practices and maybe participate in our own yoga practices and maybe give you my take on it, so to speak. So first, I want to say that besides me being a yogi and all the other things that I am. I'm actually also going to school to be a uh, social worker. I'm getting my master's in social work. And so I have been studying a lot about mindfulness and how it kind of weaves into what I'm doing as far as my studies and also a clinical internship, which also being able to incorporate some of my yoga aspects into that perspective. So I want to give you background before I kind of delve deep into mindfulness. So what is mindfulness? So mindfulness is a mental state achieved by focusing one's awareness on the present moment. Focus on the present moment. While calmly acknowledging and accepting one's feelings, thoughts, and body sensations. Um... And also another definition is the quality or state of being consciously or aware of something. So mindfulness is a terminology, I think, that has been used. And correct me if I'm wrong, anyone, you can email us and email me specifically and say, hey, Latoya, that's not right. But we weave mindfulness in our practices, especially when we're teaching 
because mindfulness is focusing on the present moment and often um when your yoga practice in your yoga practice at least in mine you're focusing on maintaining the pose that you're in um if you're listening to some awesome cueing especially by connie is really making you focus on your body where placement of maybe your foot may be how your arms are maybe hips and then you're finding focus but you're also present in your body at the moment and that's inevitably what mindfulness is and I think and I know this for a fact that we bring this to the population that we teach the those that we serve are you know active duty military whose jobs are so very stressful and I can't speak for everyone but Probably being mindful is like the least important thing that they have to focus on. So just that's why I think it's so important to talk about. So mindfulness is being present in your like yoga pose, but it's also about being present in your life, like being present in the moment. Um, Inevitably, we use yoga as a model for life, right? So if you're present in your body in a position, you're being mindful, you're focusing on your breath, your mind doesn't escape you, it's just staying focused and you're in that moment. How can that translate into like when life difficulties um, occur, being present in your life? Being present in whatever event is happening. I mean, it's sort of the same, right? And so, I think often when we're teaching, especially Connie, and she has moments where she just, you can see that she's, especially in a high push-up where she's making you be present, forcing you to pay attention to your body, and forcing you to just be in the moment and whatever the feelings that we are feeling whether at the time you're feeling angry or like you feel like this is absolute bullshit I'm gonna lay down right now but that's still a feeling and you're still feeling it at the moment and you're fully acknowledging those feelings and and I think through our yoga practices or what we teach specifically we we have weaved that in so much more it's not just um the yoga pose but it's so much more so many layers and i think and i know for sure when i was going to the yoga teacher training mindfulness well it's been a bit um i think it was prevalent but we were so very focused on learning the information understanding the history of yoga learning poses weaving a practice but not necessarily focusing on being present and not necessarily learning that for ourselves and being able to share that on a grander scale with others and it's not really till joint forces yoga to where i found the connection myself and the difference in when you're present in your body and when you're not present in your body. 
what does that look like? How you can sometimes see when someone's doing yoga or even just walking down the street. How they are disconnected mentally from their body. Like you can see it in their eyes. You can see it in the posture, how they hold themselves. And so that's why it's so important to practice mindfulness. And mindfulness is not just yoga poses. It's meditation. It is um, meditation with body scanning. And it's so many elements of the yogic practice that brings about mindfulness. I know we did a class Thursday, I do believe, right as, right after our regular class where we went and were invited to teach for a group of soldiers speaking on resiliency. They were conducting resiliency training and they wanted something mindful. And at the time, the only thing that I can think of is Yoga Nidra. And Yoga Nidra is a majam. But a yoga nidra with a restorative kind of sway or a flair, which a lot of people do practice or teach that. But I wanted to bring about a different element of it and maybe a different representation of that because this is our soldier population. And it's not like teaching in a regular studio. It is completely different. It is building something for them that they specifically requested. And I know for... um Soldiers, this is something that when I was having the conversation that expressed so much interest in bringing that sense of mindfulness creates resiliency because resiliency is what, you know, we all need, and especially the population that is asked to do so much. But not necessarily being able to really focus, you know what I'm saying? So maybe I'm wording that wrong. I could be. So there's a a wonderful article that I read about bringing mindfulness into the military and how mindfulness meets the warrior culture and how, how to really, how there are studies being conducted by the army right now. And just, making it ever so much clear that this is something that is needed not just by them but by everyone I mean because I mean we're all often in a state of disconnection like a sense of being disconnected mind versus body how our mind is like doing things a hundred things a minute but there's a subtle disconnection into what what our body experiences even though they are connected, we kind of impose that disconnection when we're trying to like, I want to say focus, but it's not really about focusing. It's about maybe just kind of checking out a little bit because life can become very difficult and sometimes it's easy to check out, right? So when I say what is mindfulness, mindfulness for all populations, especially our military population that we serve is about being present and Utilizing not just asanas, but breathing techniques, the pranayama, um, the all the other breathing techniques there are, or maybe just even like taking a awesome deep breath and practice 
not shallow breathing. And those are all techniques that we weave through a practice, that we weave through um, the 75 minutes that we have. And I think that was so ever apparent when I taught that restorative yoga nidra class of how you can see the presence, you can see it by, you know, by the body. And at the end, when you ask them how it felt, it was a sense of, like, I we got comments like, this felt really good. I feel so relaxed. And I think it comes from when you allow, when you're doing things like body scanning or meditation, when you become present into what's happening and then all that other noise just kind of falls away. And you're allowed to extra baggage that we kind of hold on and maintain and kind of carry through life to just fall and just go somewhere. So I guess that's why I like venturing into the world of mindfulness and venturing into the how it venturing into how it really does connect with the yoga and how that translates into how can I be mindful in my life? How can I be present for my family? How can I be present for my friends? But most importantly, how can I be present for myself? So that was my little tidbit on mindfulness. I did have some statistical facts, but I don't think y'all want to hear that. It's more about the science of the brain. Maybe another podcast or talk about the limbic system because it's my jam. But today was just about an overview of mindfulness and maybe how I think that we need to use it more, be mindful with ourselves, mindful with others, and mindful with our bodies and just focused on our overall health and and wellness by really focusing on our minds, health and wellness. So that's all I have today. So as always, don't forget to check us out on Instagram or Twitter, not Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. And don't forget to email us at joinforcesyoga at gmail.com. And I hope you have a lovely Sunday. I will finish off this cup of coffee right here. And until next time, signing off from Join Forces Yoga. Bye. Hi, everyone. This is LaToya from Join Forces Yoga. And before we start today's podcast, I want to do a simple, few simple reminders. First, um, you can always find us on Instagram or Facebook. Um, you can check us out on www.joinforcesyoga.com. And also check us out if you want to send us messages, um, suggestions, or you just simply want to reach out at joinforcesyoga at gmail.com. And as always, our mission is making yoga accessible to all of our service members which is why um, we started this podcast so that we could reach out to more of our service members and kind of give them what they've been asking for for quite a bit so on to the podcast so I know you're wondering what will she talk about today will she do a meditation because we love that or will she do will she just simply ramble so today um Well, first, let me walk it back. So usually every Thursday, we get people that ask us, where do you teach at? And, or, 
what yoga studios have the similar vibe or where can I go or, you know, all of the above questions. And so this, I want to focus this podcast today on wherever you're at, this is for our, our service members, you know, as plenty have moved from Fort Campbell and other locations. So wherever you're at, how do you select a yoga studio? What are some things that you should look for? And yoga studios are not one size fits all kind of scenario. And as always, the way I pick studios for myself will be completely different than how you pick. So first and foremost, when you're looking for a studio, checking for, you know, certification, um, everyone should have a certification, but I can't speak for everyone. And talking to members in your community, like if you're residing in over in Fort Bend in Columbus, Georgia, there are other service members that reside there and they also might be going to the particular different yoga studios and they also have suggestions. So first and foremost is reaching out to your fellow fellow brethren and listening to their suggestions. Because if you have been a soldier, you know the travels or, I mean, it used to be every three years you travel somewhere and you're in a new community and you actually don't know anyone, but you always know soldiers and we're good at reaching out and helping each other. So check in with your fellow service members and um, getting their purview. Also the whole making sure that wherever you choose, that they are credible and their certifications as always. I know that doesn't seem a lot, but safety is an important thing. And through a certification, you gain safety and you're protected. Also, what kind of class you want to take? I mean, JFY, we teach, you know, power. We teach restorative. We teach yin. And usually you get the gamut of all the things that, um, you might be more yin than and less power, or sometimes you might want more restorative. So you want to find a place that has different offerings for you in a class schedule that's flexible. Because as a service member, some you know during the morning, afternoon, even the early evening, nine times out of ten, you're not going to have like any time to go to a yoga class. So if you're checking out evening classes, then what kind of evening classes do they have? So it's always looking at schedule and flexibility. I mean, you might want to go to a four o'clock class, but if you have formation at five, then four o'clock class will not suit you. So you want to make sure that you find a place that has the classes that you want at the times that fit you, your schedule. So that's one. And um, my favorite thing is the vibe. The, your vibe attracts your tribe. And so you want to find a place that you feel kind of like a second home, right? I mean, you know, initially when you go into somewhere, it just feels off. It feels, it doesn't feel inviting. It doesn't feel like you'll have the kind of yoga experience that you want. Um, so always go with your first intuition. Um, and if something doesn't feel right, it probably isn't. So always think of yoga studios 
or yoga in general as like if you're picking up places like you're trying on the outfit you don't know if the outfit doesn't fit unless you try it on so maybe trying out different studios different atmospheres um seeing what vibes with you and what does not vibe with you and that's that's kind of how I do mine because I'm a pretty lively person I like to show out so I kind of pick a place where I can show out I don't know if that's a good yoga showing out, but if you know me, you know I like to show out. Um, I'm trying to think where else. Ultimately, don't make it too hard. Try out all kinds of places, all kinds of styles. You know, there's no other place I join forces yoga. I mean, we're special, and I like to say that in a great way, that we really try to... Um, create classes and experiences that serves all our military population so in essence you want to try to find something if you enjoy that that mirrors that for you you find someone or an entity or a studio or a teacher that can bring that same experience although there's no one else like me that exists in the world because I'm extra special but there might be someone similar that you can gain a somewhat similar experience so yoga is all about as with anything when you're looking to find you know a, a place to practice it's all about identifying your own needs your personal needs I merely gave you suggestions today and those are purely my suggestions things that you know I tell people on Thursday when they ask me um, where do you teach? And since I don't do a whole lot of that anymore, except on Thursdays, where can I go? What do you suggest? Where can I go towards a similar experience like JFY? There's really nowhere else that I know that has a similar experience JFY, but that's Joint Forces Yoga and that's what makes it special. But you can still find the vibe, the feeling of what you need in your practice wherever the military takes you, whether it be Fort Benning, whether it's Fort Carson, um, wherever that, you know, you have to travel to. So that was my spiel on how to find your own yoga studio. And if you have any comments or, you know, suggestions or just questions, um, please reach out to us at Join Forces Yoga gmail.com and as always it's always a joy to share maybe a little bit of my small and intricate knowledge and I guess that's it so I hope everyone has a nice night and as always practice yoga every bit of a time that you can find because yoga is life it's really core is life but both is life and just have a great night this is Latoya signing off have a nice night. Good morning. This is Latoya from Join Forces Yoga. We at Join Forces Yoga, uh, our mission is to provide yoga, make it ex as accessible as we can to all of our active duty soldiers. And that's our primary mission. And that's the mission that we love. As always, if you would like to reach out to us, we are on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, 
check out our website at www.joinforcesyoga.com and our Gmail account for which you can send us lovely messages, comments, or even just mere suggestions of what you would like to hear. So we're at joinforcesyoga.gmail.com. So on this wonderful Sunday, I thought as we're venturing, continue on in podcast land to talk about motivation and not just motivation, the one word and its meaning, but motivation through difficulty. So let's begin. So often when we're teaching or when I teach sometimes, or even when Connie teaches, we talk about not just being in the poses and not just like holding space for yourself, but holding space through difficulty, through difficult poses. And it's usually the metaphor I use is always, if you can hold this particular pose, like lizard pose or something that is ushering a certain emotion or difficulty, if you can hold this, then you can do anything. Or another one of my favorite things to say is that if it's painful, get out. If it's uncomfortable, stay in. So let me venture on into what I really mean. So sometimes when we talk about motivation, you know, you hear about it in so many different areas. The motivation to do better the motivation to feel better, to motivation to do yoga, even when you don't want to sometimes. But often in yoga, it's kind of like the metaphor for life. So it's not just us connecting with mind and body. It's really us connecting with mind, body, and soul. So the poses are just, are not just simple asanas, in my opinion. Now you can agree to disagree with me. And that's absolutely fine. So the asanas themselves are not just mere expressions of the body, but I believe it to be, in my opinion, mere expressions of our body, mind, and soul. So it's easy sometimes to flow through the poses with a certain sense of disconnection to where you're not really feeling motivated to do anything. You're just doing it. It's like by automatic pilot, if that makes sense. So I guess what I really thought about it when I was doing yoga myself yesterday is that you truly have to be find some sort of motivation to want to do it anyways. And I know for the people that come to our classes on Thursday or wherever you have a joint forces yoga teacher, 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 not teacher, <laughs> that we often um, that you have found the motivation to come yourself or you're either voluntold, but you're still there. You're still doing it. You're still motivated either by force or by vol or being volunteered or, or volunteering yourself. So. Mm, so this is when I come to a, a little silence when I think about it. So have you ever just purely think about it? Have you ever gotten to a pose and like wanted to come out? It felt so uncomfortable 
either it's uncomfortable because it's a different sensation that you're not used to feeling or it's uncomfortable because like you can't identify the emotion it is reaching beyond something that you've never done before or it's your body responding in a way that you've never felt before so when you feel that way be motivated to stay in it because there's always a lesson to learn so for instance for me the most difficult pose for me and the one that I teach the most when we're doing yin as part of our restorative after the yang that either Connie or Lindsay has been teaching Thursday is the lizard pose and for me even though I teach it it's the most difficult pose um a because it's uncomfortable and usually there's a lot of emotion laying within my hips so the idea in staying in it is even hard for me and so when I'm in it with all my other people that are in it with me the soldiers you know who you are you're more than likely feeling the same way you're feeling a sense of wow this feels like shit or shit on a stick and usually it feels the same way for me too but everyone has a different reason why it feels the way that it feels to them for me it is my emotion for me it is tightness in the hips it is you know sitting behind a desk for umpteen hours and the idea of me feeling this new sensation just makes me want to completely stop but what about you and always what I remember these are the same things I say to myself is that it's if it's uncomfortable stay in if it's uncomfortable stay in because your body is teaching you a lesson you're learning something you're releasing something you're allowing maybe your mind to um, be more connected with the feeling because often sometimes we don't want to feel the idea of feeling a certain type of emotion in a world that um, speaks of you can take this to feel better or you can um, you know do this to feel better but the idea in, in sitting within yourself sitting in your body understanding your body being motivated to feel the emotion let it sit through you let it roll through you how amazing is that how amazing that our body can do that our bodies can do that and how amazing is that this practice allows for you to create this mind and body connection and a soul-like connection which is something that we don't really talk about a whole lot when we're teaching yoga so the motivation that you have in your yoga practice will be the motivation that you have in your life and often like all of us have difficult life experiences different traumatic experiences different experiences that put our emotions in the forefront right but if we're motivated in holding something so simple that maybe causes you so much difficulty could you really truly imagine honestly 
what that really could do for you in your life. In your, not just your personal life, your professional life. I mean, for example, if you can hold something that's uncomfortable and deal with the emotion with that, imagine the thing that that has been holding you back from your own successes or even something not really simple, but simple enough. The the ever so much hated Ruck March that I ever so much hate myself that at some point you feel like giving up the load is too heavy too heavy to carry your feet can't go a bit more but then if you can get through that you have the motivation to not only finish because we all aim to finish but the motivation to do something that you don't think that you can do so it travels into spaces like that or the motivation to see yourself in a different span to see your successes to revel in your failures, to be motivated to push ahead. And I guess that's what motivation to me is, the ability to keep moving, to keep going, to endure, but to come out on the other side, a different person. So when you come to our classes, it's not just merely a yoga, yoga class or yoga practice. It is like I want to say an experience. And although we're taking you through sun A, sun B's, different other various poses, the asanas as they're called it in Sanskrit. But those are only a mere metaphor for you, for all of us as we kind of connect and sweat. I mean, because it is a very, very, I mean, you get sweaty. But you're connecting with the various parts of your body that you don't regularly connect on. And you're, fi you're finding the majesty with what you can do, what you can accomplish. Just imagine you completed a 75-minute yoga practice. And it encompassed sun A, some B's. You did a whole bunch of chaturangas, high plank, low plank. Yes, I know those parts are horrible. I agree because sometimes I hate chaturangas too. But you did it and your body did it and it did something you didn't think you could do. How will that translate into your life the rest of your day? If you could capture that one moment or those many moments during a yoga practice. And then translate it to. Many more moments of success. And maybe you don't feel so successful, but there's something successful in trying. Maybe not always accomplishing, but putting forth the effort. So. I guess that's why I really want to talk about motivation, because I often see. That people will come to a yoga class or just do things in life and they feel like this failure. But the failure is in not trying. So the the motivation is to keep per, keep going past your perceived failures. And just keep pushing on and coming out the other side, a different person. Or maybe the same person with different views, right? So I wanted to talk about that today because I was feeling it in my heart. And that's one thing that we're passionate about at Join Forces Yoga. 
I think myself and Connie, is that we want to help motivate others to achieve past their own limitations, to endure and to sweat with us, to see themselves in a different light as we see them and as we treat them as, as, as we treat you all as athletes, as warriors, but as people too. So that's me and motivation. So I hope you have a great Sunday and I hope that you relax today and I hope that you spend time with whomever you want to spend time with. And don't forget, if you have any comments or suggestions, if you want to just do a shout out to us, reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook, or email us. And as always, we'll see you Thursday. Have a great day. Bye. Good Sunday morning. This is LaToya from Join Forces Yoga. And as always, our mission is to make yoga accessible to all of our service members that we serve. Please also reach out to us if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about anything you would like to hear or see at our email at joinforcesyoga@gmail.com, on Instagram or Facebook, our website at www.joinforcesyoga.com. So today's lovely podcast will be another guided meditation. So before we start, gather one or two blankets, a towel if you have one, and a washcloth, preferably dry. So first, fold your blanket and roll it to where you form a roll. It almost looks like a bolster. Put that underneath your knees. And if you don't have that, then that's okay too. The towel will be for underneath your neck. And also an additional pillow if you have one to place your head on top. The additional blanket, if you want to, you don't have to, will go over your body. And the washcloth, fold it into two and just put it on your eyes. Lay down, palms facing up. And let's start. Slowly connect with your breath. Don't change your breath. Just breathe. Focus on your inhales. And your exhales. Imagine your chest rising. And falling. Feel the cool air. Pull in through your nose and feel the warmthness either dispel through your mouth or through your nose. Just concentrate on the breath. And then slowly, slowly change your breath to where the inhales are deeper and the exhales are a little bit longer.
feeling your stomach inflate and deflate. And as you're breathing, you're relaxing more into the ground, allowing the earth to carry you. Continue utilizing that breath. Feeling relaxed and safe. So with your mind's eye, Focus on the top of your head. Imagine your head slowly relaxing into the ground. Like there's a light weight on your forehead. Feel the earth on the back of your head. Moving down to your neck. Feeling the cool wind, cool air underneath the back of your neck. Feeling the washcloth if it's there. Just slightly tingle against the skin. Imagine your neck just relaxing. Your throat. Relaxing, inhaling and exhaling. Slowly move to your right shoulder. Imagine light pressure on that right shoulder, slowly caressing it to the ground or to the earth. Breathing, releasing any tension that might be there from the week. And then slowly with the mind's eye, traveling down, biceps to the crook of the elbow, and then staying there, inhaling. And exhaling, relaxing that elbow, releasing whatever tension is there, traveling down the arm to the palm of the hand. The palm of the hand is slowly open and released, feeling the air on top, feeling the ground underneath. Imagine a tiny little weight pressing lightly on the palm. No pressure, just a little bit. And as you breathe, that right hand slowly and utterly is released and held. Releasing any tension in that right arm and that right hand that you've been holding on to. 
and then slowly go to the right thumb, the finger beside the thumb, the middle finger, the ring finger, and the pinky finger. Using your breath to relax their whole hand into the ground. Your right arm should feel like a feather, a very light feather floating. Stay with the breath. Stay with your inhales and your exhales. And slowly, with your mind's eye, travel back up that arm to the right shoulder. Stay there. Inhale. And exhale. And with your mind's eye, walking across toward the midline of the body, across the clavicle, to the left shoulder. Hold your breath at the left shoulder. Our shoulders hold so much pressure and stress. Just let the breath release whatever you're holding on to. Imagine light pressure on that left shoulder. Slowly and utterly releasing it to the ground. And with the mind's eye, slowly travel down the biceps to the crook of the left arm at the, at the elbow. Stay here and breathe. And with your mind's eye traveling down that left arm to the palm, just merely focus on the air slowly caressing the palm, the ground caressing the bottom of the hand. As you're breathing, imagine that left hand is the flower slowly opening and releasing and finding comfort. And breathe. And with your mind's eye traveling to that thumb, the finger right beside, the middle finger, and this time hold. Stay here with your mind's eye and slowly use your breath to release that down into the floor or the earth. And then travel to the ring finger and the little finger. Stay with that palm of the hand. See it in your mind's eye. And continue to breathe. And then slowly with your mind's eye, walk back up that arm 
across the chest, in the middle of the chest in this day. So imagine the weight of the world slowly releasing from your chest as it opens, as your shoulders relax, relax a little bit more, using your breath as a tool. And then slowly take your mind's eye to the back of your body, at the base of your neck, walking down vertebrae by vertebrae. And as you walk down vertebrae by vertebrae, imagine your back slowly released to the ground, releasing the pains and stresses of the week down to your right Breathe into that right hip. Stay with the breath. Slowly releasing that right hip into the ground. On the next inhale, traveling down the right thigh. The right knee and stay. Imagine that knee releasing, that right thigh releasing. Examine any tension that you might have in that right thigh or knee and let it go with breath. Breathing, inhale, and releasing on the exhale. With the mind's eye traveling down the shin, the ankle, to the top part of the foot, feeling a cool crispness of the air. Touch your foot on top and bottom. Imagine releasing your foot, examining any tension that you might have. Letting it go using your breath. Just breathing that right foot. And with your mind's eye, focus on that right big toe. And releasing it. The toe right beside. Breathing into the third toe. Focusing on the fourth toe. And then lastly, focusing on the little toe. Imagining all those toes just let go. Be relaxed. Allow that right leg to feel relaxed. Breathing into that whole right side of our body. And just stay with your breath. Your right side should feel like a feather. A feather floating. A feather floating. Just let go. And on the next breath, traveling back up that right leg. To the right hip. And right across to the left hip. Send your breaths 
into that left hip. Focus on releasing any tension that you're holding on through the left hip. Inhale. And exhale. And slowly with your mind's eye, walking down that left thigh to the left knee and hold it here. Imagine there's a slight weight slowly pushing that left thigh, releasing it into the ground. You have no work to do. Just let it go. Relaxing that left knee, the patella, and all the muscles that surround it. then slowly traveling down the left shin to the ankle, to the foot. Feel the air caress the left foot. Feel the air wrap that whole foot in its glory. Feel the left foot just totally relax. Breathing into relaxation, breathing into letting go. You have nothing to hold on to. So with the mind's eye, go to the left big toe, slowly releasing it. The toe right beside the middle toe. right beside that and the little toe breathing into that left side of the body breathing into pure and utter relaxation Your whole body should feel like one big feather, one big pillow, relaxed, focused, now with your mind's eye focus on the sounds that you might be hearing right now, allow those sounds to focus your mind's eye, but to promote relaxation. Just breathe. So our next leg of our meditation journey, we are imagining with your mind's eye, laying comfortably on a beach. 
as comfortably as you possibly can now that your whole body is relaxed. Imagine the sand underneath. Imagine your body being held up by those little cushions of sand. And breathe. In your mind's eye, you are there at the beach. Body being held. Imagine the sun setting right in front of you. See the colors of the sun as it slowly sets in the ocean. The reds, the yellows. See the crispness of the sky. Imagine the coolness of the ocean waves pushing the air across your body. You are being comforted, you are being held. You are witnessing the majesty of the universe right in front of you. Continue focusing on your breath. Now as you're relaxing here, witnessing this beautiful sunset and the colors in front of you, imagine the beauty in your life, the things you cherish the most, the joy that your heart feels right now as you're imagining it. Feel your body relax more. And continue breathing as you're being in the moment, witnessing your own beauty. Now slowly imagine that the droplets of water are slowly caressing your face. But they're not cold. They're warm. You're being warmed. You're being held. You're feeling safe. Now, as you're imagining being in the sand, being caressed, being held, and imagining the beauty in your life right now, breathe into it. You don't have to do anything else other than see what makes you the most happy. Feel the most relaxed. Stay in the moment and breathe. And as the sun is setting, you have slowly floated into the water on top of a beautiful, luxurious mattress in the form of a boat. 
The waves are not choppy. The journey is smooth. Floating. Feeling the majesty of the universe. Releasing all the tensions that you've ever held onto into the water. Into the sky. And if something comes into mind, just allow it to float away and refocus. Your body is relaxed. The water is guiding you, keeping you afloat. And just breathe and float. On the last leg of our journey, focus on as you're floating. Focus on remembering the things that make you the most happy and bringing it back into when you wake up. Let that happiness promote more relaxation. And slowly now change your breath, making it deeper. inhales and the exhales become deeper taking it in the little bits of relaxation you have left and imagine all your troubles flying out through your fingertips into the water and allowing the water to carry them away Inhaling deeper, exhaling deeper. Until you feel the most relaxed you've ever felt in your life. And as I count back from 10, we will slowly start to reawaken to our body. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, and 1. Slowly wiggle your fingers and toes. Rotate your wrists and ankles. Slowly coming back into your body. It is as a more relaxed you. Hopefully a more happier you. So that was our guided meditation part two. 
I hope you drink water today and spend the rest of the day as relaxed as you possibly can be. And as always, we at Join Forces Yoga are on a mission to bring yoga and things and podcasts like these to everyone that we serve. Have a nice Sunday. Drink water. This is LaToya signing off. Bye. Hey everyone, this is LaToya from Join Forces Yoga. Good evening, good Sunday evening to you today. How are you doing? It's been a bit since I've done one of these. And before my podcast today, I wanted to do a reminder of what we're all about. So Join Forces Yoga mission is to serve those that serve us by providing yoga that's accessible to all of our service members um, as much as we can. Um, And that is what our mission is. And that's what I love to do as being a part of the organization in general. Also, don't forget that we have many kind of social media avenues to reach out to us. Uh, We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. And as always, you can reach out to us on our email and joinforcesyoga at gmail.com. Please reach out to us if you have any questions or comments or suggestions or maybe just want to say hey and drop a line. We love that. I know Connie likes that. And I like that too. So on with the show. So today, um, since it's Suicide Prevention Month, September, I wanted to focus on suicide prevention and what we can do individually for each other and the impact of suicide and just kind of see where it goes and where it flows. I'm trying to be a little prepared this time, so bear with me. So first and foremost, I have, I think sometimes it's helpful to have statistics. And this is from the mentalhealth.va.gov. And the statistics are from 2005 to 2016. The recent statistics have not been published and they probably won't be published maybe till this year or next year. I'm not quite sure. So the suicide rate for veterans age ages 18 to 34 substantially increased from 2005 to 2016. Um, When comparing veteran suicide rates by age group, veterans age 18 to 34 had the highest suicide rate in 2016 at 45 per 100,000. In 2016, 58.1% of veteran suicides were among veterans age 55 and older. So those are just, they call it key takeaways, but there's a key statistics. And sometimes we don't factor in our elderly veterans as well. We factor in those that we serve. So I want to kind of just make everyone aware of that. Um, So from my perspective, I want to talk about what we can do, what we can do for each other, what you can do for your fellow service member, um, your fellow veteran, how you can reach out, how you can be an ally. Because... You never really know what someone's going through. You can never truly understand where someone might be feeling some sort of way. And sometimes it is a word that you might say that might change everything for them. And but you might be the safe space for them to be able to exchange some of those feelings and some of the pain that they're going through. 
And I also, at the end of this podcast, I want to give out some numbers for the uh, military crisis line, veterans crisis line, because I think that it will be helpful. So how can we help? So first and foremost, ask and listen. So sometimes if you know, if you have a, um, if you have a battle buddy that you know that is going through something significant right now, sometimes the best thing that you can do is check in on them. Take them out to lunch, take them to coffee and just see where their mind is at. In my experience, it is often when someone reaches out to another person that might be feeling some sort of way, feeling maybe this ideation of they don't want to be here anymore. The ability to reach out to someone and provide that safe space is instrumental, instrumental in their not only reaching out to you and letting them, letting you know how um, they might be feeling, but it gives them permission to let their guard down, which is so very important. And also be willing to listen, be willing to listen to a point where listen without judgment and listen to a point where you're not necessarily giving advice is often when someone's going through something, they don't want your advice. They just want to be heard. So active listening, active listening is important. And I want to venture into warning signs. So I'm going to like, let's reach out to warning signs. And so for every person, warning signs might be different. We're, we're all very dissimilar, if that's a word, dissimilar. So what you think is a warning sign to you may not be a warning sign to them. And so I want to like point to some warning signs. So these are a few talking about feeling hopeless or having no reason to live. Talk about feeling trapped or an unbearable pain. Talk about being a burden to others, increasing the use of substances such as alcohol or drugs, acting anxious or agitated, behaving reckless, recklessly, withdrawing or isolating themselves in extreme mood swings. And there are many more. And just know that I got these symptoms, even though these are accessible to me, but these are on the suicidepreventionlifeline.org. And sometimes, um, although these symptoms can be symptoms of someone that could be simply depressed, there's no way to know. But just know if you can see those warning signs, it will help you to like reach out and kind of, you know, see what's going on with your battle buddy. And then getting them help or being the help. And so I won't go into risk factors. And I think there are so many risk factors um, that someone might be going through, you're not, you're not going to necessarily know mental disorders, but you will have, um, the end if they're a true battle buddy into like the pulse of how they're feeling. If they feel and seem different, a little bit more hopeless than usual, the key is to kind of reaching out, like touch base, see what's going on. Act, ask and be an active listener. And so those are first and foremost, how you can be a help to someone else and simply being there 
You know, everyone's pain is different. What we experience might be somewhat the same, but our response is only inherently different, perfect for ourselves. And sometimes a simple act of kindness and, you know, reaching out, doing something you won't regularly do and not discounting how someone's feeling. Because honestly, you never really know what someone's going through and what the the word that you might provide them, the kind word, will be the thing that changes their life or changes the direction of their day. So if this is happening to you, if you're feeling in crisis and and I don't know this and so I'm just putting it out there and how to take care of yourself, ask for help. Ask for help. Your battle buddies, people in the barracks, um, your squad leader, your friends, your family, ask for help. And I know it's hard and it will feel hard asking someone to help you when you feel like you have to um, be all, know all and be the person that you're trained to be. But it's okay to ask for help. And another thing that I do um, in my line of work is that I help people make, you know, safety plans. And so a safety plan merely is a step-by-step plan. And it's for when when you feel depressed or suicidal or if you're in crisis. And so a safety plan is specific to you. Kind of some elements of a safety plan are like um, people that you can reach out to. When you feel bad, places that you can go that make you feel better, some coping skills that you have, like if you if you're feeling depressed, what what makes you feel better? Um, it could be something as so small, but so very important. If you have a, a pet, simply as petting your dog, taking a walk outside and things that make you feel good are the those that you kind of add to your safety plan. But like everybody's safety plan will be different. Um, what you think that might be helpful is, um, may not be helpful to someone else. So like if you're feeling depressed, like what makes you happy? Do you like going outside? Do you like, um, going fishing? And sometimes if that's not accessible, um, other things that can get you connected with, um, maybe, you know, going to the park, taking your dog to the park. Um, other elements of your safety plan could be um, those five key friends or more friends, people you can reach out to that you can call that are important to you and that will really listen to you. And we always talk about coping strategies and coping strategies are like good ways that you cope with things that are not maladaptive, like um, some harmful things that, you know, if uh, maybe a harmful thing is drinking too much and maybe that might not be helpful. So good, good, good coping strategies. And then recognizing your personal signs, what thoughts, what situations, what moods kind of place you or trigger your crisis. Um, and then writing that and fully acknowledging that and kind of making a plan for that as well. Like I said, I am not the expert. It is, um, and this also can be found on um, suicidepreventionlifeline.org.
and you can um it has how to make a safety plan how you get in a plan template and um keeping it accessible to you like maybe on a refrigerator to where you can reach out touch it if need be and it'll help you through or at least my wish and hope during when times are rough and as always um i'm gonna go ahead and put these numbers out now um there is um phone lines there is the veterans crisis line aptly named it's also the military crisis line is 1-800-273-8255 pressing one there's also and please 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 um at this you know whether you're going through someone knows someone's going through something giving them access um you can also send a text message to 838-255 to connect with a VA responder you can also you know the things have gotten more technically good so you can start a confidential online chat session at the veterans crisis line.net slash chat and if you're wanting more information, please email us at joinforcesyoga at gmail.com and I can send you all of those links. Um, also, another way is to, if, especially if you're feeling in crisis, go to the ER. Um, and believe me, I'm not an expert in any of this. These are resources that um, I'm aptly aware of. So, or go to the nearest VA facility. And sometimes you might not be near a VA facility. All we're wanting you to do, and mind you, we're not experts. I'm not an expert at all, but I think that this is so very important. And our goal is to make those numbers so they're not so high. Um, inviting people to ask for help, even when it's hard. Inviting people to reach out to others, even when it's difficult and knowing that it's okay to feel sad and depressed and it's okay to reach out when you feel that way and that we all can be here for each other. So if you have a battle buddy and you know that they're going through some things, be a friend, listen, but if, also if you know that they're in crisis, in crisis, reach out for them. Get them the help that they need. Um, on the VA side, and I like this, is hashtag be there. And basically it says we can all help prevent suicide, but many people don't know how to support the veteran or the service member in their life who's also going through a difficult time. And a simple act of kindness can help someone feel less alone. So... And this is me reading from the site and I love it so much. So I wanted to just kind of reach out and read that because we're not experts at all, but we care about our community and we care about the service members that we interact with daily. And this is just me, Latoya, wanting reaching out hoping this helps you or someone else and um 
yeah, so that was that's what I really felt passionate about today and I wanted to kind of discuss. So as always, please reach out to us through Facebook, through Instagram. Some of the websites that I spoke of also to where you can also see the military crisis line, the veterans crisis line is the veterans crisis line.net. And it has information for the military crisis line, how to connect with a responder calling, chatting, um, texting, supporting for our deaf and hard of hearing folk. Um, it's, op- it's available 24-7 and it serves all veterans, all service members, um, their family, family members and friends, National Guard and Reserves. Um, that's one important um, line. Also, there's a suicide prevention lifeline.org. It also has the same number, but it has a lot of great resources. And um, go ahead and check those out. Uh, I wish I could provide provide more, but if you need more information, please reach out to us and just know that um, we are accessible through those means. So I hope you have a great Sunday and um, I hope that the rest of your week is good and listen out to more of our podcasts. It will always be something different. It just felt in my heart today, and I just wanted to talk about it and provide resources to whomever needs it. So I hope you all have a great day. Signing off. Bye.